Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your... Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. It's an exciting day here on Thursday. Well, Thursdays always are. What's exciting about it to you? Well, what's exciting about it to me is normally we talk about Jesus on Friday from the psalm, <laughs> but today we're going to talk about Jesus from Psalm 24, so I'm excited about that. That's what I want to talk about. I love it. That sounds great. Can you read for me? Yeah, so I've got here the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, Psalm 24, a Davidic psalm. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not set his mind on what is false, and who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation." Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates. Rise up, O ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Rise up, O ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Amen. Amen. I feel like at the end of that song, psalm, amen, praise God, hallelujah. It's like you just got to end with something there. It's just a powerful, It would be a really good one to set to a tune and, and, you know. Sing? Sing regularly. (laughs) I mean, really. I I think there might be some. That one gets me going. I feel like an anthem, a national anthem. Mm -hmm. You know, a Mm -hmm. a, a, uh, congregate, not a congregational, but a a universal church anthem about our king. Ooh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's talk about that for just a moment. Um, You know, one of the, uh, this is not going to surprise you. Okay. When you read what folks are saying about this psalm, there's one theory after another about when it was written and how it was written. Of course, there are those who believe that this is actually three different psalms or three different liturgical approaches that were brought together for one reason or another. There are some that believe it was written by David, especially when he was bringing the ark to Jerusalem. Potentially, there are others who say, no, no, this was written during the time of Solomon when the ark was being brought into the temple. And then there are even others that say, well, notice that it says ancient doors. So this looks like it had to be written much, much later. And it's it's a memorial. Gates. It's a memorial bag. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I believe I I read somewhere, and I did not go check this in the Mishnah myself, but uh, multiple uh, people pointed out that the Mishnah says that I think in the Second Temple period, they actually read this psalm on the first day of the week, every week. Hmm. This was something that the Jews did at the temple. Yeah, it was a Sunday psalm. So they'd start off their week with, we're bringing the Lord. I guess it's like we had our day of worship yesterday, the Sabbath day, and now we're opening the gates again for the Lord to come in. It was kind of that kind of memorial, I'm guessing, is, is what was going on there. Well, that's a neat idea. So there's lots of back and forth on that. I'll be honest with you. It, um, you know, even if it was, 
primarily initially about the temp- the ark coming into the temple, I wouldn't have a problem saying it was still something David wrote. He did a lot of stuff to prepare for the temple being built. Oh, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me that he wrote a psalm that he was leaving behind for Solomon to use. Well, and even in his uh, failed attempt at transporting the ark that cost us his life, might generate the kind of words about we better think about what it means to approach, approach the, the Lord, Lord and come up onto his and holy come up hill. on his holy hill. That's exactly right. But but in all honesty, I, you know it's an okay discussion to have, and and I do just want to remember it. It says it's a, a psalm of David. Although actually, this is the first one that technically it says of David a psalm, <laughs> but uh, the. Um, that that issue of being of David does not necessarily mean David wrote it. It can mean in the style of David's writing, or it can mean dedicated to David. It's So it can mean some other things. So I don't really have a dog in the fight, because honestly, I think for us today, the most important point is not about the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. I understand the Ark of the Covenant. God, Yahweh, was the God who sat enthroned above the cherubim. And so when the Ark was coming to the temple, I could see how they would want to to say all of these things. But honestly, I think for us, we get to that final section. Who is this King of glory? Yeah. You and I know the answer to that question. Yeah. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the Word of God. The Word was in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh, and he dwelt. He tabernacled among among us. And do you know where he went a couple of times? Mm. He went to the temple. He went to the temple. And people knew when he was there, didn't they? Well, they sure did. You know, the very first time, there were a couple of people that tried to highlight the kind of reception he should receive coming into the temple. You remember Anna, the 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 widow who had spent her days and nights praying and fasting, and then there was Simeon who prophesied over Jesus, and so they understood. Then you've got his second time at the temple, or at least the second recorded time when he was 12 years old. And even then, uh, you know, while people didn't quite realize who he was, they were astonished and astounded at his ability to teach. And he asked good questions. He asked good questions, and he he taught good things. And uh, he even then said, did you not know that I should be in my father's house? Yeah, he taught that to his parents when they were looking for him. So where are you? Yeah. So we we have that. However, the next few times he ends up at the temple, not received very well at all. So you go to what? John 2, I think it is. And you read about him going to the temple in order to cleanse it. And we're taught about him making his uh, little... What was Scourge. Scourge, Scourge, I guess. Something something like that. uh, So that he could, uh, you know, really really stir things up and overturn Flipping money changers over, tables yeah. and all this stuff because they had corrupted the table uh, temple rather they had made it a den of thieves instead of a house of prayer mm-hmm. yeah and um you know what we find there is that and of course they they question him what authority do you have to do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well what does this psalm tell us about the authority that he had to do this wow so him being the king of glory it would mean he is the Lord of hosts and him being the king of glory, it would mean he is the Lord who made everything. And he gets to come into the temple and say, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, he does. This is the way it's supposed to be. What they should have been doing is lifting up their heads, mm-hmm. broadening the gates, opening them wide so that Jesus could come in and be in charge of the temple. But they didn't. That is the way. It, it's interesting to me, the next time that we read about him and <clears throat> in, in being in the temple with this cleaning and, and all of that, you you actually come to the last 
week of his life recorded mm-hmm. in the Gospels. And there's that passage that we often call the triumphal entry uh, recorded for us in Matthew chapter 21. Verse 1, it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples. He he says to them to go and to find a colt that's been prepared and it's going to be offered for you to use. Verse 4, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And again, the illusions, the callback to Psalm 24, it does give me chills. Uh, that there are some people who recognize and they're praising that here's David and he's coming to the mountain, all this. And, and yet there's others asking, who is this? Who is this who's come? Who is this? And and Matthew himself points to Zechariah 9 and verse 9 where it's, this is the king. Mm-hmm. This is the king who mm-hmm. is coming. Who is Jesus? He is the king of of glory. glory. He is the mighty Lord. He is the Lord of hosts. I I mean, mm-hmm. wow. And so what we have on this this final entry, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess he goes in and out of the city, so I don't want to say final, but days, in that last yeah. week of his life as he's coming in to Jerusalem, there begins to be this very accurate and appropriate reception. Mm-hmm. This is the king. Let's lay ourselves out before him. Let's bring him in. Let's let him do what he's supposed to do. The problem was they kind of misunderstood who he was actually battling at that time. That's a good point. They thought he was going to come in and battle the Romans. Mm-hmm. And when it became very apparent that that was not, you know, king of glory, mighty in battle against the Romans, Then they started turning on him, Mm -hmm. and the leaders of the Jews were able to get even the people, even these people who had been crying out, great is the one who comes in the name of uh, Hosanna, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the Mm -hmm. son of David, gets them to turn on him. And what they should have done, what should have happened, is this this triumphal entry should have continued on, and they should have marched Jesus up to Zion's hill and marched him into the temple and brought him into the Holy of Holies and allowed him to sit on his rightful throne, Mm -hmm. seated above the cherubim as king of Israel and king of the world because this is the king of glory. But instead, by the time the week was over, all of this kingship idea had been dismissed, had been turned on its head. He's wearing a crown of thorns and a reed as a scepter, and they're mocking him, bowing down to him. And instead, they took him outside the gate, walked him up Golgotha's hill, and nailed him to a cross. And this is Israel's great failure because Psalm 24 told them how they were supposed to act on the day that the king of glory came into Jerusalem and came to the temple, and they did the exact opposite. You're right. Um, the mockery with the crown of thorns. And what is the charge nailed above his head? King of the Jews. King of the Jews. In multiple languages. Yeah. 
Just, just so nobody misses it. Just so nobody misses just it. Just so nobody misses the failure of how sinful men, the rulers of Israel, complicit, the Romans, Jew and Gentile alike, participate in the death of the King of Glory. And Psalm 24 had told them how they should act, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they did not act that way. Mm-hmm. And what a tremendously awful thing it was. And you know, the temple did not lift its head and its gates, but when all was said and done, there, there was something that did open the door, and there was a gate that was lifted open, and that was the gates of death. Mm-hmm. On the third day, that door was rolled aside, mm-hmm. and Amen. that door lifted up its head to allow the king of glory to rise from the dead, to demonstrate himself as king of glory as Son of God. And what's really amazing to me is that Psalm 24 demonstrates that the King of Glory is the Lord of hosts, the Lord Sabaoth, Mm -hmm. which throughout the Old Testament is the idea of the heavenly hosts, of the angelic beings, of the cherubim and the seraphim and all of those. And what we know about Jesus is that he had command of those angelic armies Mm -hmm. and those angelic hosts. And while on the cross, he could have called them down And he could have wiped out the Romans and he Mm -hmm. could have wiped out these Jews who were shaking their fists at him and jeering and mocking. But instead, he was battling a different army. He was battling death. Mm -hmm. He was battling sin. He was battling the cosmic powers of darkness and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And he was and is the Lord of hosts who conquered and the gates of death opened up lifted its head and said, King of glory, and let him through. And out he walked, conquering death, conquering sin, conquering our enemy. He is the King of glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, the King of glory, uh, victorious in battle. Appreciate so much the conversation today. I'm sure it's encouraged you. It's it's really blessed me. We'd love to know uh, your feedback on the podcast, what you're learning from the Word of God. Let us know how we're doing. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, lead us in prayer. Holy God, thank you. Thank you for your son. And we are so sorry that our sin demanded this sacrifice. But we are so thankful that you were willing to offer it and pay it. And we are so sorry that when your son walked to Jerusalem, we did not lift him up and carry him to the throne as he deserved, but rather took him to a cross. But we are so thankful that you opened the grave and he burst forth victorious. And we honor you your Son, your Holy Spirit. We lift you up in our hearts and may we demonstrate our hope to everyone we come in contact with so that they will even ask us why we have that hope and that you will give us the words to say to them so that they too will give their allegiance to the victorious Lord Sabaoth, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.